This is Everson Griffin, and you are listening to the Wobcast, hosted by Wobby. All right, everyone, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Wobby, inside TCO Studios at the TCO Performance Center in Egan with OTAs opening up, VEN production days happening, and lots of stuff going on. We have a jam-packed show. As always, to help me break it all down and talk about it is the co-host and producer, Chris Corso. What's up, man? What's up, Bobby? we got some uh, busy days here with OTAs and production days going on with the Vikings players uh, doing some stuff for the stadium and website and social media. So a lot of things going on. Yeah, and we have, um, we have two guests on the Wobcast today. That's right. One of them is um, offensive coordinator John D. Filippo. We got a chance to talk with him a couple of weeks ago um, about his first few months on the job with the Vikings, what it was like to win the Super Bowl, and some other stuff. So we're going to get to that in a second. But first, I want to preview what's coming up in this show. Also a guest today, Vikings Executive Vice President of Public Affairs, Lester Bagley, to talk about possibly hosting the NFL draft some year in Minnesota, sports gambling potentially becoming legal in Minnesota with the Supreme Court ruling uh, a couple of weeks ago, striking down the law that made it illegal and now leaving it up to individual states to decide if they want to make it legal or not. Another Viking in the top 100, we'll talk to that. Some rules changes passed by the NFL this week, we'll talk about that. And of course, we'll have some news and notes. But Chris, I think we should kick this thing off with Coach Filippo, What do you think? I think that for sure. I mean, he had so many good things to say. He's a big fan of Jordan sneakers. Yep. Um, he's a big fan of the NBA. We, we spent so – it was like the last question we asked him was to talk about the NBA and yeah. his love for basketball, and he just went on for like another 10 minutes, it felt yep. like. so. Yeah, he was awesome. And and as uh, as we've alluded to, this was earlier in the offseason. This was like from two weeks ago, and we're going to play it now as OTAs kick off and, and we start to take a look at the offense in OTAs. So here's our conversation with new offensive coordinator John D. Filippo. All right, so offensive coordinator John D. Filippo joins us in advance of working on a project with NFL Films. That's going to be pretty cool. Now, Vikings fans are listening, and they might still be a little bit bitter about that, but what are you doing with Films? Well, they're having me do the official documentary and narration, be a part of that with a couple of other coaches and players, you know, narrating our the Super Bowl season for the Philadelphia Eagles last year. So, you know, growing up watching those, watching those tapes and – you know, seeing what a great job Films does with those with those productions is pretty neat to be a part of. Now, you, the Super Bowl obviously was in U.S. Bank Stadium. So, yeah. what did you think about the building? I mean, oh, man. I mean, obviously the game takes precedent no matter sure. where you played that game. You know, it was going to be a great memory for you. But sure. now that's going to be your home stadium. I tell you, it's a beautiful place. I mean, you know, Lincoln Financial Field uh, is a really really nice place as well. And when we our team walked into U.S. Bank the day before the game to take the official team picture, our whole team was just like, wow. I mean, it was yeah. like we were walking into, you know, a palace, and, and everyone was just kind of, holy cow, this is yeah. incredible. And looking around, and um, they just did an unbelievable job. And we were very fortunate. We had the Vikings locker room. So yeah. not only did we get to experience the stadium, but uh, experience how, how what a great job they did there in terms of the space and everything. And uh, your fans showed up. Eagles fans showed up big in that game. They did. They did. They you know, did. Uh, they, they, you know, very similar to, to Vikings fans. They have a very, you know, passionate fan base, and they love their football. And that, I mean, can you imagine uh, playing a home game in the Super Bowl there? Can you imagine the Vikings playing a Super Bowl in that building that night and Vikings fans being in there? That would have been incredible. That would have yeah. been absolutely incredible. 
what was that next week like? So you win the Super Bowl and you return to Philadelphia, but eventually you you interview with the Vikings and get hired. I mean, what that had to have been the biggest whirlwind maybe of your career, I would think. It was. It was. And, you know, I didn't allow anything to really distract me the week of the Super Bowl and because that would have been taken away from, from the Eagles. And I'm, I take my job very, very seriously, uh, no matter what job that is. So I didn't allow anything to distract me in terms of a lot of noise that was going on yeah. out there and speculation that was going on out there about where I was going to end up in the future. Because to be honest with you, up until I'd heard from Minnesota, my plan was to stay in Philadelphia. So... Uh, you know, when I heard from um, from my agent that the Vikings wanted to talk to me, uh, I was really excited. Uh, I asked to take a day just so I could, could just so I could <laughs> yeah. sleep, you know, sleep in, because you never want to make a life decision when you're emotional and when you're tired. Yeah. And, and after a season like that, you're very, very emotional and in a good way, and you're very tired. Yep. So I wanted to give myself, you know, a chance to uh, really take a step back for a day, and then and then you know decide uh, what was best for my wife and I. Yeah, do you feel like now off-season program phase two, there's a little bit of a routine, and you're you're getting into it with some of your assistant coaches, getting to know the players on on this roster a little bit. Yeah, now? it's been great, and the guys have totally bought in. I mean, the character on our football team is is unbelievable. And uh, case in point, our guys practice. I mean, when they're on the field, they they practice, and when they're in this building, they are focused about football. And that's all you can ask as a coach is the guys that bring it every day on the field. They bring it every day in the classroom. And, and you really don't have to coach effort, you know, with this yeah. group, which is, which is great for a coach because there's so many other things you have to be worried about. And when you don't have to worry about the motivation piece all the time every day, it, it's really good. I've had the, the pleasure to work with a few different head coaches here, and I've never heard any of them talk about enjoying practice and – enjoying watching his players practice the way Zim does. I mean, it seems like it's almost every week in one of his press conferences he's talking about, I just love the way our guys are practicing. Why is that important for, for you guys and for coaches? Because I think anytime you do something full speed and game speed, you get better. If you're just out there walking through all the time and jogging around, when, when the bolts are flying you know, and the lights are on and, and you, you know, you're playing against you know, guys across from you, it, it, the game speeds up. So you want to simulate game speed as much as yeah. you can. And, and our players do that naturally. So it's, so it's really nice to see. Kirk Cousins, what's it been like working with him? Because he's been on the other sideline, not just for us all the time, but for you too. He's been on the other sideline since you've been in, in the league. So what's it like working with that guy? I'm glad he's wearing purple. I'll tell you yeah. that. You know, it's, uh, yeah, he's everything we thought he was going to be. I mean, he's accurate. He's smart. You know, he's a good leader. Uh, very easy to coach. Willing learner. Wants to be coached hard. You know, all those things that the, that the great quarterbacks have, those qualities he has. And, um, you know, I think the more he gets to know his teammates and his teammates get to know him, I think even more that natural leadership ability is going to come out. You played golf with him yet? I have not. Okay. No, I have not. I'll tell you, I, you know, I'm not a bad player myself, but I have a, I have a hard time playing against some of these NFL quarterbacks now because they kill the ball. <laughs> well, so, like, you know, I'll never forget playing with, with Matt Schaub. I mean, when I was in Oakland, yeah, I mean, he just kills the ball. Oh my god! <laughs> I think I think these quarterbacks are the the annoying guys who are good at everything. Like like Sam Bradford, I think was good at everything he did. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I coached Sam in Philly for a spring, yeah. and he is one of those guys. I mean, he could he could pick up a bowling ball and and, and right. you know That's, roll a strike on. And he hadn't been played bowl, he hadn't bowled in right. ten years. Right, and, and he's, he's beating you in bowling. Exactly, he's one of those guys. He's playing go play golf with them. They're good at pick up basketball. Yeah, he's right? a hoops player too. Yeah, right? yeah I mean, yeah. yeah, he's a big. Yeah, he's a big There's guy. some guys who are just good at everything. Yeah, yep. they're called annoying. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's exactly right. That's oh, sure. man. Um, here's a weird question. I'm, we're going to go way down the road now to our games. 
Have you thought about where you're going to be for games? You know, I'm, I'm going to try both, and I'm going to. That's the plan so far. Yeah. Now, that may change a lot. There's a lot of time between now and our first preseason game. Uh, I'm going to, but my plan right now is to try a game or two upstairs and to try yeah. a game or two on the field. I've done both. Uh, my one year in Cleveland, I was on the field. Uh, in college, at one year I was on the field, and one year I was in the booth. So I've had experience doing both, and uh, we'll see what's ultimately the decision we made on what's best for our football team. Any. Um you know, you came in with some perceptions maybe about some players that you're going to be working with. And I'm thinking about some of the more fan-facing players like Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs or Kyle Rudolph. Anything that has changed in your mind about those guys or anything you've learned about those guys where it's like, oh, well, that, that's pretty cool. I, I wouldn't have thought that about that guy. How smart they are. Yeah. I mean, I knew they were bright guys, but I, I didn't know that they, they – you never know how somebody's going to take attention to detail. Yeah. And how guys are going to be note takers and how guys are going to sit up in the, in the meeting rooms and look you in the eye. Um, are going to have, you know, take great notes, like I said, help each other out, have each other's backs. Those are the things that I've noticed about guys on our offense mm -hmm. that you just don't know. I mean, you hear about the great character and all those things, but you just don't know until you see it. And then that translates, obviously, to what I said prior about how hard they practice. What's your favorite club in your bag? Favorite club in my bag is probably... My five iron, because mm -hmm. it can get me out of trouble. You know, I can kind of swing away with it. Yeah. You know, and um, I can kind of keep it straight. You know, so uh, that's probably my favorite club. My least favorite club is by far my putter. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my least favorite yeah. club too. That's an important <laughs> club too. It is. Unfortunately, yeah. it's a very important club. You know, my man Tiger right now is struggling with his putter, and if it weren't for that, yeah. I think he'd be contending every single week. <laughs> you know, and, and part of it is like is as confident as I am, like coaching football in in the football building, I stand over a, a eight foot putt, and I'm like, just get this close. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm out for you know we're out for. Uh, yeah. You know, we're trying to score every time we touch the football with a yeah. ton of confidence. It's right. just so funny when you when you actually have the club in your hand, the, your thought process is a little bit different. It's amazing how you get, um, you know, you hit two or three good shots in a row and you get a par and you walk off the green and this is an easy game, man. That's you know, right. and then the next hole you got your double bogey and, yeah. you know, you want to quit. Yeah. That's, that's Put, the game of putting golf. Putting two balls in someone's backyard. Yes, that yeah. can happen. Yeah. That can happen. My, All right. My, my last question for you is about your Jordan game. Oh, yeah. I got how, did, how did you get into that, first of all? It's got a pair on right now. Yeah. What, what, which ones do you have on right now? Actually, these are the 11 grays. And actually, these were a gift from our new quarterback. Wow. Wow. So okay. he, uh, he knows my Jordan 11 low shoe obsession. And, that's awesome. uh, I'm not surprised about that. That's awesome. And now, uh, you know, that's one other thing he and I have in common. And it's just something since I've been a little kid. I've yeah. really always enjoyed shoes and uh, I really like basketball. I really enjoy watching NBA basketball and, you know, like seeing all the different designs. And, you know, obviously Michael Jordan is incredible. So, I mean, anytime you can wear something that yeah. know, he wore, it's a pretty cool deal. I just had in my office on the TV late in the afternoon where nothing good is on anymore, game one of the 1995 Eastern Conference Finals between the Knicks and the Pacers. Oh, what Reggie a great Miller. series. Don't, yeah. talk, don't tell me about series. that. Yeah, <laughs> now our New York guy right here didn't like that. But Reggie Miller scoring whatever it was, eight points and whatever. Was two points, something second or whatever yeah, it was. It was an amazing... That was a, that was a choke game, Spike Lee, wasn't it? Yes. I cried that night as a child growing yeah. up in New York. So. Yeah, and oh, like yeah. I like watching the NBA now, but the NBA then... That, that was the golden it's era. It's just starting to get back to that, I feel, though. Yeah. I, it really is. I mean, I mean, there were some battles. I mean, remember when the Knicks used to play the Heat? Oh, I, I so mean, good. The Lakers yes. and Charles Celtics. Oakley. Which is still, that, that's going back a little bit. That's more 
old school. I'm a little more old school than y'all, yeah. but the, like the like the I mean, the Celtics and the Lakers would go seven seven games every yes. year. Yeah. Classics. Yes. And you know, you got Robert Parrish and, and Kareem going against each other, and then Magic having to play center that game. I mean, yeah. you know, all those guys just going at it. Larry Bird. Obviously, I mean, how can you mention those series? I'm saying Larry Bird. I mean, yep. James Worthy. All those guys. I mean, Super good. Just incredible. Yeah. So who do you like in I was this about year? To say we need a finals prediction. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limit a little bit and say the Houston Rockets. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good call. I There's something about the way LeBron is doing it right now, it's incredible. though, that I'm not going to be surprised if they're in the finals and, and they have a chance to win it. You know, we, need, we needed a little bit of – you need a little bit of levity every, all the time, right, playing in this game, right? Because this game – I mean, once training camp hits, it's go, 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 go. So, you know, I started the whole the offensive meeting today, and the, I said, hey – I told the guys, you know, I started out my normal deal. Here's what we're doing today. Here's our, our goals for on the field. And I said, I, I, I got you know, something that's been on my mind that I need some help with. I, I honestly have been losing a little bit of sleep with it. I said, we're going to take a vote on where LeBron James is going to end up next season. Yes. So, I saw that on Kirk Cousins' Instagram. <laughs> so yeah. we went around the room, okay, and I listed, but I think, I forget, I listed, I think, eight teams. I had seven up there initially. Then I looked at Rudy, and I said, hey, Rudy, just for your, your wishful thinking, we're putting the Wolves up there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. That was his vote, I am sure. It, oh, was, it sure. was his vote, along with two other guys. I'm not going to disclose any mm-hmm. other. Who, I will, you know, disclose who voted <laughs> for who yep. or for what team. The Cavs were by far the clear club okay. winner, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I think second was I'd have to go back and look at the at the picture, but the I Lakers, think it was the maybe? Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a couple of guys vote for the Sixers. No one, no one voted the Heat. No one voted for the Heat, and I also am going to guess that he is not going to do a special with Jim Gray to announce it. I would say that's probably true. That that's a safe bet. I think so. we all hope for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, we're gonna let you go, Coach, so you can go to NFL Films. Thanks for taking some time for us, though. Hey, we appreciate it. It's fun. Anytime you can, uh, you know, talk some NBA basketball and, and, and Vikings football. That's right, man. It's a great day. It's, it's a good a combo. combination, right? right? All right, see you, Coach. Thanks. All right, we got some news and notes. We actually have a lot of them and a lot of interesting ones this week. Um, let's start it off with a rule change, Chris, in the NFL. Um, and I want to talk about the one that pertains to kickoffs. The NFL has once again tinkered with the kickoff rule. Now, in past off seasons, it's felt like a lot of the rules changes were aimed at preventing returns. Yep. I think that this year's changes actually will encourage more returns, but also limit the risk of injury, which yeah. those sound contradictory but I think they are actually parallel objectives with the new rules changes. Yeah, I think that's the main objective is always to, to yeah. reduce injury. And I know that um, they always say that a lot of these injuries happen on kickoffs and on special teams plays. So um, I think they really structured the kickoff with these, some of these moves, yep. some of these plays. And we, and we actually looked um, at the rules on, on a video that's on Twitter from the NFL's uh, content feed. And... Uh, it, it kind of lays out every little step of, of the rule yeah. changes. So you, you can go through them. Yeah, so here's the deal. Injuries on kickoffs don't happen because of a big collision or tackle with the kicking team or a member of the kicking team and the returner. That's yeah. not where the injuries have happened. The injuries happen with that first line of blockers on the kickoff return team yep. and then the guys covering the kicks. So these rules are all about making that – part of the return safer and so here's what they've done for the kicking team five players on each side of the ball you can't overload one side of the ball 
you have to have two players lined up outside the numbers, two players between the numbers and the hashes. And now instead of a five or ten yard running start with the kicker, the guys have to be right up on the line. So so that's going to reduce their speed yep. at the point of impact with the return team. Speaking of the return team and the point of impact, the return team has to have at least eight players within 15 yards of where the kickoff is. So what that's going to do is it's going to reduce the amount of space that the two sides have to ramp up speed. So it's going to make those collisions less violent. Uh, wedge blocks are now illegal back by the returner. That was a, a dangerous part of it. No blocking a member of the coverage team until the ball hits the ground or is touched by the return team. That's a big one. That is a big one. Once yeah. again, reducing the violence of the collisions, which is where the injuries happen. And then the last little thing is once the ball hits the end zone, touchback. So you don't have to worry about so fumble. You don't have to kneel or anything like that. You don't have like to that. kneel or anything like that. Right. Um, I do believe you can take the ball out of the end zone. If you catch it in the end zone, you can take it out. But if the ball hits the end zone, that's automatically a touchback. So, um, you know, Troy Vincent, who's who's with the NFL, this, this was his... Um, you know, th this was his quote on the new rules. This will encourage more kickoff returns and a more explosive play. What our data has said is most of those head injuries occurred in the first 15 yards, which we now call the no blocking zone. We believe these new rules will reduce some of the unnecessary risk we've seen in the past. So Vincent is saying this is a safer play and a better play, and one of the staples of the NFL, of a game in the NFL, the kickoff return, yep. remains in the game, and so that's good news. Yeah, well, I, I like that he's, that they said that, that the data backs it making it safer, but also that they're really trying to keep the kickoff return in play because that's yeah. what I always fear. The kickoff take, return is is gone. I I'm not. Yeah, happy. you can't. I don't think you. I don't think you want to take that out. Find a way to make it safer, and that's what they're doing. It's one of the one of the yeah. best plays that you can that you can see, and hopefully uh, this makes it more explosive. Yeah. And you'll see you'll see cooler plays. So yeah. we'll see. All right, let's run through these other news and notes. What do you got? Man, there were a ton of news and notes in the in the league this week. We'll we'll kind of start out with some of those. Um, the Buffalo Bills re released Richie Incognito. Yep, I've gotten a lot of emails from fans. Are the Vikings interested in Incognito? I don't know if we are or not. I think he's a good player. I'm all about adding good players no matter what. So if we added him, that'd be cool. But I don't know if we will. And people always forget this aspect of it. This is a two-way street. The player's got to be interested in you. Yep. So the Vikings may be dying to sign Incognito, but if Incognito's like, nah, I'm going to go this place because my family's there or my old college coach is at this team, so I'm going to go there. Like, this is a two-way street, so I don't know if there's mutual interest or not. I don't know if the Vikings are interested or not, but he is a pretty good lineman, and he's now apparently available. It's crazy. It's, it's really late for a player like that to just show up as a free agent. I know he at first wanted to retire and then he took that back and then wanted to be released by the Bills. So we'll see yeah. how that one shakes out. Okay, I got one. Go ahead. Um, my weekly update. Now, since you mentioned a free agent, Des Bryant, still a free agent. You do it every week. Not on a team. You do it every week, and I love it. You, got, you have to keep doing it. I yeah, mean, Des Bryant is not on a team. It's crazy. I mean, OTAs have begun. Okay, we'll see what happens. It's it's out of control. All right. So that, that's the weekly update. Yeah. Another one is a player who was released by the Super Bowl defending champions, and that is brother oh. of linebacker Eric Kendricks, Michael Kendricks, yeah. of the Super Bowl winning um Philadelphia Eagles. So that Interesting. for him to come, he he's been there for six years, one of the best players in the middle of that defense. Yeah, and they released him. Interesting. 
Very, very interesting. Fans emailing me about that as well. Are we I'm interested sure. in Michael Kendricks? So I'm we'll sure. see what happens. So those are two big um, roster moves that were made by teams um, in the league this week. Another big one was Patriots' Tom Brady doesn't show up for OTAs at the beginning of OTAs, and Giants wide receiver Odell Beckham does show up for OTAs yep. after some of the um, rumors that were going around last a uh, couple weeks ago. So um, those are two notable um, names when it comes to OTAs. Not that it's the biggest deal at this point in in, in the off season, but um, it's definitely newsworthy. Yeah, also newsworthy um, from earlier this week. Bad news for the Los Angeles Chargers. Hunter Henry, they fear, has torn his ACL. He's their star tight end uh, going into his third season this year, and so it looks like his season will be over if indeed he did tear his ACL. So that's bad news for the Chargers, and now a lot of people are wondering if they will re-sign Antonio Gates, who is also a free agent right now with Hunter Henry injured. Maybe Antonio Gates makes a return to the Chargers. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I can see I can see him playing for like another five years, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. J.J. <laughs> um, Watt covering expenses uh, for victims of the Santa Fe High School tragedy. J.J. Watt has done a lot of great things for the community in Texas, and here's, here's another example. Um, more news from the owners' meetings. Arizona will host Super Bowl 57 in 2023. New Orleans will host Super Bowl 58 in 2024. So here are the next six Super Bowl sites. Let's hear them. Starting next year, or this upcoming season, Atlanta, then Miami, then Tampa, then Los Angeles, now Arizona, and New Orleans. Wow. So we got the next six Super Bowls done. Done. Um, I don't know if the Vikings and Minnesota will be back in the mix or not. I don't know if Indianapolis will be back in the mix or not, but both of those two cities and host committees had rave reviews from everyone who attended those Super Bowls and those Super Bowl weeks. Minnesota and Indianapolis. Not sure if they'll be back in the rotation or not. Um, Dallas also is one that I think could be back in the rotation after these, um, you know, after these six happen. Speaking of being in the rotation, the league is moving the draft around, and it was announced earlier this week that Nashville will host the draft in 2019. All right, I need you to make me a promise. Yeah. You attended the NFL draft this past year. Yeah, two years in a row. And you're going to be going next year, most likely. Yes. I think we need a Wobcast in Nashville. Ooh. Just because I want to go to Nashville. Okay, good idea. <laughs> I like it. I like where your head's at. Yeah. All righty. What else you got for news and notes? Um, another news and note, and that, this was around the facility. Mike Zimmer held his second annual uh, pro camp, the first one here at the TCO Performance Center. Um, all the word was that it was just a great weekend for yep. coaches and staff and players. Rookies were here. Mike Hughes was here. Uh, Xavier Rhodes was here. Anthony Barr was here. You can see videos from the whole weekend, um, interviews with Coach Zimmer, all on Vikings.com. But um, it was just another great week. Some great photos from the event by our team photographer, Andy Canutis. So um, you can check those out on Vikings.com. But, yeah, I heard it was a great event. Um, wasn't able to make it, but, um, yeah, I heard it was great. Yeah, Johnny Manziel signed with the CFL team, too. That's the last one that we have on the list, right? Yeah, you got to bring that up. Yeah. You got to bring that up. And, and apparently he's partnered with Barstool Sports now to have a – comeback season um podcast that he'll be putting up there yeah. with barstool so pretty cool cool all righty well another week of top 100 players listed and another viking makes the list chris it is good news that xavier rhodes cornerback comes in at number 55 in the nfl's top 100 to be honest every every one of these players that comes up i feel like they're too low on, on this i know list. I, really, I, know. I like right when it happened xavier rhodes tweeted um 
Oh, just he tweeted like the, hand on his forehead, yeah. like he didn't want to be seen at number fifty-five, which is pretty what, funny. What else could you want? Yeah, I mean, I think he's the best corner in the NFL. Is is cornerback an important position in the NFL? I, I think it is. Okay, well, he's the best one at a super important position. Can I get my man higher than 55, please? We're going to play a funny clip from <laughs> Terrence Newman Presents, and this is what Terrence has to say from his documentary that is now on Vikings.com. Xavier Rhodes is the best cornerback in the league. That's it. Right. <laughs> that, uh, Terrence, Xavier Rhodes, your thoughts? One more time. Xavier Rhodes is the best cornerback in the league. Thank you, Terrence. There we go. So Terrence said it best. Wait. He's been around for... Wait, well, hold on. Terrence, <laughs> Terrence, could you clarify that for me for a second? Uh, your thoughts on Xavier Rhodes? Xavier Rhodes is the best cornerback in the league. Got it. Okay, Thank now, you. now we're good. I, I just wanted to clear that up. Thank you, Tinu. Um, I, 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 I listened to it, and I was like, that's going in the WAP. Right. So. All right, 55th. Okay. Xavier Rhodes is 55th best player. Okay. Um, Xavier Rhodes is the best cornerback <laughs> But he's 55th best player in the NFL. All right. Okay. All right. We're done with that. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins, number 94. Linval, number 83. Stefan Diggs, number 65. And now Xavier Rhodes, 55. I think Adam Thielen is going to make this list. And he's going to be higher than all those guys. How cool is that? That's all. I mean, we had him in here last week, and he listened to the clip on Good Morning Football. Uh, Nate Burleson was like, yeah, he's going to be in the top 50 for sure. And yeah. um, he was as humble as ever, ready, ready to go as ever. So it, it's really awesome to see that he's going to be – he's still up there. And another one is uh, Harrison Smith is still in there too. Oh, right? yeah. He, I mean, he, he should be in the top 20. Uh, I would hope so. I so mean, yeah. All right, anything else on Xavier? I think that's about it. We know he had a great season last year, started in all 16 games. Um, he pretty much shut down every big wide receiver. Michael Thomas of the Saints, 45 yards against him. Antonio Brown, the best wide receiver when it comes to yards, 62 yards against him. Julio Jones, 24 yards against him. And A.J. Green of the Bengals, 30 yards against him. So when you go against five wide receivers like that and hold them all to a max of 62 yards, um, the highest being Antonio Brown. I think that's uh, pretty good. Pretty good numbers. Pretty I good agree. Year. I agree. Okay, one more quick thing before we get to our last interview and the final segment of today's Wobcast, which will be with Vikings Executive Vice President of Public Affairs, Lester Bagley. That coming up in a moment. First, though, I want to tell you about an event that's coming out um, here in Minnesota. It'll be at U.S. Bank Stadium. You can help the Vikings kick childhood hunger at U.S. Bank Stadium on Tuesday, June 12th with Taste of the Vikings presented by Lando Lakes. The event, as I said, at U.S. Bank Stadium from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Tuesday, June 12th. Go to vikings.com and figure out how to get in the doors for this event because it's super cool. I've gone the last few years, of course. Throughout the evening, you have the opportunity to rub shoulders with your favorite Vikings players, Vikings alumni, and Vikings coaches. At the same time as you enjoy some of the best food from Twin Cities restaurants and some beverages will be there as well. So there's that. All proceeds will benefit the Minnesota Vikings Foundation. Attire is cocktail. General admission tickets, $175. If you are a Vikings season ticket member, you get a discount. It'll be $150. A few restaurants that will be featured, Four Bells, Lola Lake House, Noana Rosa's, Lord Fletcher's, O'Donovan's, Red Rabbit, uh, Wildfire, Mercy, Union 32, Lone Oak Grill, the Ocean Air. So lots of really good restaurants and tons of really good food at Taste of the Vikings. It's on Tuesday, June 12th from 6 to 10 at U.S. Bank Stadium. It is presented by Lando Lakes. You have an opportunity to help us kick childhood hunger by attending Taste of the Vikings. Okay, 
Uh, let's get to Lester Bagley. We have a lot to get to with Lester. A few of the things we're going to talk about in this interview with him. Sports betting potentially becoming legal. A soccer game coming up at U.S. Bank Stadium. Updates on the new Vikings practice facility, TCO Performance Center. His thoughts on the draft being in Minneapolis someday. And a few other things as well. So here is our conversation with Vikings Executive Vice President of Public Affairs, Lester Bagley. All right, so we bring in today's guest on the Wobcast. It's Executive Vice President with the Vikings, Lester Bagley. At one time in his in Lester's title, Chris, was Stadium Development. I think Lester did a good job of covering that part of his title. I'd say so. Because U.S. Bank Stadium rocks, and we've had a couple of really good seasons in U.S. Bank Stadium. Hey, Lester, how's it going? Good, Wobby. Chris, thanks for having me on. You bet. It. Thanks for coming down here at TCO Studios. We're going to give you a tour of the studio where we do TV shows. This is the radio studio. Right. Pretty cool, isn't it? Looking forward to it. I've you know, i been following the drawings and the vision, so mm-hmm. I mean, shortly I get to see it in real life. So it's part of the overall vision of, of turning this building or making this building state-of-the-art and, and very functional for our, our organization, our brand, our Vikings Entertainment Network. And uh, so excited to be part of it and looking forward to seeing the new studio. So aside from TCO Performance Center being the home of the football team, where practice is held uh, every day during the season and during the off season. What is the update on other stuff going on around the property? Because there's Viking Lakes and there's the TCO Performance Center that has business events and business doings and lots of other stuff that you want to bring here to the property. So give us an update. Yeah, it's, you know, we're into this building about nine weeks in. So we're, you know, got in that window of opportunity to get in to get the football team ready for for uh, pre, you know before the draft the draft and then you know rookie mini camps and camps as you know so we 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 thread the needle to get in at the right time but we have 200 acres here at Viking Lakes and as you know the TCO performance center and the practice field and all the the team headquarters make up only 40 acres so about 20% of the of the overall development takes up um you know the football and the team and 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 VEN and our other operations so We've got plenty of, of work uh, to do, and, and you know, we're working on a hotel. We hope to bring a, a hotel and conference center here, a four-star hotel, a really nice hotel that will host uh, corporate travelers, uh, training camp events, and, and, and fans, um, our team, uh, as well as uh, you know, kind of program symposium. So the, the hotel is a top priority. We're also working on some residential through the Will family and their development um, efforts. So a lot, of, a lot of exciting things to come. You know, we got we got TCO, Twin City Orthopedics are are here and they're functioning. They got a medical office building. Yeah. They they have a surgery center. They have an outpatient clinic. They've got they're underway. I um, hope to never be there. Exactly. <laughs> Across the yeah. parking lot is the training house, which is uh, which is a rehab and all, you know training facility. So we hope to never be there either. But right. That also will house our museum, Vikings Museum, and our locker room store so our team store so uh we've got and those things are under construction uh in the in the training house so uh stem building on the way um some retail but i think the top two next steps for us are probably hotel and some residential and getting busy on on starting to fill out the canvas if you will of the overall 200 acres since we got 40 acres down yeah and from a be able to drive your car into the area and 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 awe at what is there 
you can do that with TCO Performance Center. But when can you do that? Maybe with some of those other developments. Well, the Vikings Parkway, uh, which is the main, will be the public's main access into the uh, into the facility. It's open, but once the once those buildings are open, once that action is, we're we're just about thirty days. I think mid July, you know, everything should be cool. on that forty acres should be final complete. The TCO Stadium should be completed as you see it every day. It's coming along. Mm-hmm. The field will start to go down uh, next week, um, so uh, we'll have that great. 6,500 seat stadium and again Viking Parkway will bring guests and visitors right through the center of the development right through the center of the 200 acres and and access and see the the incredible uh, uh, campus that we're putting together it was super easy to sell training camp to fans when, when you come to Mankato for it you know because everything right. was really accessible and right there in front of you and I think you know you don't I think you guys know that it will be different, but you don't think that it's going to be any worse. It's still going to no. have – there's still going to be a great fan experience here. Can you explain why? Sure, and that's what we're all about, as you know, is everything we did on the U.S. Bank Stadium, which is an incredible building. It was focused on the fan experience. Everything we put into design and our investment went to that uh, ultimate end. Let's make sure it's a great experience for Viking fans, and let's make sure it's a home field advantage and tough for our – opponents to have success and I think we accomplished those missions uh, and here you know same thing um, this this whole overall uh, facility and and our 40 acres and is is being built first and foremost to put our team in the best possible position to succeed and but after that it's about fans and it's about getting getting our team uh, you know fired up but get, getting the fan experience the Vikings experience uh, and and so we're motivated to make sure that when you travel here that you that there there's a, a smooth and efficient ingress or traffic management uh, pr- plan which we've been working hard yep. on there, there's parking and we're working on that and that and then once you get into the facility facility on the grounds and and as part of the training camp that we have that great energy that we we don't want to lose that from Mankato Mankato was a great yeah. home for us and so it's going to be different. I mean, it's, you know, one, it's going to be exciting, brand new facilities and, and um, more fields and, and more space for Coach Zimmer to, to get the guys um, in position to, to be successful, as we said. But, but it, it, so we're working on that. We, you know, we, we're motivated to make sure that it's a great experience from, what, from when a Viking fan leaves his house to following us on the app and gets to training camp that he's got a, he or she gets their way in, gets a parking spot and gets into the, to the camp uh, efficiently, and then once we get there, the energy, the pageantry, the yeah. the, the great um, camaraderie that, that Viking fans feel um, for for camp. So so working hard on it. It's all hands on deck. Our very first camp. It's obviously going to be different with the new facility. We've got it's in the metro area, so we're going to be a much higher demand. We're going to have to have a ticketed program, as we've talked about, and we'll provide more details when we have that program locked down, but it, it'll be free, but everyone will have yeah. to have a reserved space or a ticket to get in um, because we got to manage that, that demand, which is significant because of the new facility, the metro area, and mostly because our team is awesome. Yes, and we're going to be hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars for two practices. People yes. are going to want to come see that, the two best defenses in the NFL. Should be good going and that's at it. right before our, our game. And, and uh, so we're working on some of those details, whether we'll be in the stadium where we can bring yeah. a larger fan group in, or it'll be on the grass fields where we get about 5,000 there. Right. 
we are new members of the Egan community, Lester. Yeah. So I just, my family, we just moved to Lakeville. So we're new members of our community in Lakeville. So you got to be cognizant of different things. And you right. got to respond to different things in your neighborhood, right? We, the Vikings had a little bit of an issue like that, where they had to respond to something, a conflict of sorts that came up, the lighting issue. Right. And so that, that I don't see any more headlines about that. So that, that must be a good thing. No, it, it, it is a good thing. And we, you know, we, we worked with the community. We listened. You mm -hmm. know, we, we um, um, looked at what it took. And basically the objection was that we left um, the lights on the practice facility, um, indoor practice facility, we left the lights on all night. And there are people that live across the freeway and, and live um, in in view of those lights and they object saying hey these these lights need to be on all night and we checked with our engineering folks and our contracts to make sure that our naming partner was okay that we if we did turn the lights off and so we we decided to turn the lights off from 11 p.m. till 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. and uh, so we you know we listened that's you know we same exercise we went through at U.S. Bank Stadium you know we were part of the community we got a be good neighbors, good partners, and uh, it was a relatively easy fix. Um, we didn't have a dimmer switch, so that wasn't yeah. an option, but we did. We are able to turn the lights off, and I think that issue has gone away. And it, again, I think, as you noted, that we were responsive. We showed yeah. that uh, we are responsive, and we do want to be uh, good partners, good neighbors. Yeah, like when my kids are terrorizing the backyards of neighbors, you know, I got to listen to them. Right. Gotta, yeah, exactly. I got to rein my kids back in. Um, the NFL draft, I've gotten to go to the last two, Philadelphia and Dallas, and you went to the one in Dallas. Right. Isn't that a cool event? Yeah, it's a, it's a great event. As you know, three days, um, the Thursday night, round one, Friday night, rounds two and three, and then Saturday, rounds four through seven. And we ever had in the ring for draft in Minnesota. We um, would do a great job. We would. We proved it with the Super Bowl yeah. that we can, that we can um, deliver uh, an incredible event and experience and we do have the facilities um you know it's 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 a it's a ways to go but we do have our hat in the ring and i was in dallas with you mm -hmm. to to politic a little bit with nfl leaders to uh scout it out a little bit to see it's like the opposite of event from the super bowl super bowl is sixty-five thousand in minnesota and more of a corporate crowd and, and expensive the nfl draft is free it's up to 100,000 people on each of the three days. So it, it's, it presents a different um, experience, but different opportunity. Our organization would, be, would love to, to be part of the community hosting the NFL draft. Uh, we got some more work to do. They are, the league is definitely moving, trying to move Super Bowls now. It's going to be a long time, I'm afraid, before we get another one back in Minnesota. But um, not out of the question, but a long time. But, but moving the draft... Uh, to the northern climates, and 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 also, uh, and, and while we move the draft to these more hospitality, more destination, warm weather uh, locations, so that's that's what's evolving at the league. So we just had a Super Bowl, so we maybe penalize a little bit mm -hmm. uh, before we get the draft here. But it'll it'll much like the Super Bowl, it'll take lobbying by our owners and our organization at the league level. It'll take a community effort and tell the story, great story of why the draft would be an awesome thing to have in our market. Yeah. Well, if you need me to tweet at Commissioner, just let me know. Well, we will. Yeah, I can send Early a message. Early and often. Yeah, I can send a message to Commissioner Goodell. He's a good listener. He'll, he'll listen he to us. Yeah, and he, he enjoyed the Super Bowl. He said we did a great job. Yeah, he, he said to some of our leaders that it was, it was, if not the best, one of the best from a pure execution yeah. operations. Um, you know, so the league was very happy. The, uh, the teams are very happy. The 
owners are happy, and we really, as I said earlier, we did deliver. Um, a fellow father of twins, by the way, Commissioner Goodell. That's right. I am also a father of twins. Well, Chris is a, a twin. I'm a twin as All well. Right. That's right. And the commissioner is a father of twins as well. Yeah, one of his twin daughters is a Viking fan. That's right. The other is a Seahawks fan, which are okay. Hopefully your twins, Wabi, are Viking fans. Right. They won't be Seahawks fans. I'm pretty <laughs> sure about that. Uh, I will have done something very wrong if that happens. The International Champions Cup. That'll happen at the end of, the, of, at the end of July, July right. 31st of this year. A couple of good teams coming to play? Yeah, we've got Tottenham and uh, AC Milan, two of the best teams in the world. And uh, Tottenham... Hotspur, one of the best teams in the English Premier League, and that really has a strong international following. Got, mm-hmm. There's a fan club in Minnesota. They go to um, the Nomad. That's their bar. Uh, that's their spot okay. to watch their team. Of course, it starts about 8 or 8.30 in the morning mm-hmm. on Saturdays and Sundays, but it's always, uh, if you're looking for a beverage, 8.30 in the morning at, <laughs> to see Tottenham at the Nomad. But but they're, they're, coming, they're coming to Minnesota at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, we're part of the effort to bring them here to make sure that we promote the match. As you recall, the very first event at U.S. Bank Stadium yes. was That's the International right. Champions Cup two years ago. Mm-hmm. This one's July 31. To get great seats, um, and, and they've also moderated their prices. So I think the pricing is priced right to fit our market, uh, which it might not have been last time. So mm-hmm. we worked with them on that. But it's, it's going to be a great exhibition. It's a great It's a tournament. Uh, they'll bring their stars, and um, as we know, U.S. Bank Stadium is a great venue, great venue for NFL football, but it's also a great venue for soccer. When we were in London, didn't you go with Rick and Rob Brzezinski to a soccer game? Yeah, and yeah. ownership, our front office. We went to uh, we went to the Arsenal uh, okay. Ars- Arsenal match, which is owned by an NFL owner, and it is uh, uh, it is um, a stadium that, w- that looks like an NFL stadium, yeah. and. Uh, as opposed to Twickenham, where we played, mm-hmm. was is, was a rugby stadium. Didn't really have a feel of an NFL stadium. It was a great a great energy in the building, and when we beat the Browns, but yep. um, but uh, yeah. So we're our owners, as you know, they invested in the Nashville MLS team, and there will be a new um, MLS soccer team that the Vikings ownership and front office will be engaged in in working on. That team will come to Nashville in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, and uh, our our ownership our our organization there's a lot of passion for soccer of course our first and foremost passion for nfl football and the minnesota vikings but but an opportunity to to be to be involved in a international sport and uh, our owners are very interested in soccer locally domestically internationally so mm-hmm. this is a this is a natural but it's it's mostly it's it's going to be a, a great uh, a great event at U.S. Bank Stadium, incredible venue, and we'll have a couple of things out here at t- uh, training camp right now. Tottenham, some other folks are going to, their stars are going to come out and mix it up a little bit with a couple of our guys. We had a couple of soccer players mm-hmm. uh, in the locker rooms, and Deho and David Morgan, and yep. and so we got a few guys. Um, Adam's got a got a passion for Adam Thielen's got a passion for soccer, so um, you know, so so it's it's a nice fit. Um, it's a little bit of a um, you know departure and distraction, but. We're excited about it. I think our fans would like it too. So hopefully we can get, get down there and check it out on, on July 31. The last thing I have is um, last week we took a question uh, concerning sports betting from a fan. We always do fan mail on the Wobcast. And, um, you know, and he, the fan was concerned about the integrity of the game with the legalization of, of, uh, of sports betting. And it, it, with the development last week of that, you know, what, what goes through the minds of the front offices of teams and of the league. Is this a serious issue that will need to be addressed? Do you have any concerns about it? 
Well, I think the integrity game is uh, first and foremost, and I think the league um, will lead the way and will follow their lead on that. And, and if and as this evolves, you know, what happened last week with the Supreme Court um, overturning the ban on sports betting is now it allows, uh, it's going to allow it, but it has to be regulated at the state. So there's mm-hmm. going to be, this is, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be here tomorrow, It's right. but there's going to be an effort to bring it um, to Minnesota. And so we're, you know, uh, you know, participating in the discussion. We're following the league's lead, um, you know, and the, it'll it'll evolve over time. But basically, you're gonna it, it, there's some legislation that would allow online uh, betting on sports in Minnesota, and there's also within that legislation there's an opportunity to to do it in person, whether at a casino or even a, a sports bar. So a lot of work to be done, um, but. It's a huge issue, and it's been something yeah. the league, uh, the NFL, of all the sports, has been a leader on um, this caution and this uh, regulation of, of such an activity. Uh, so we'll continue to, to work on it. It's it's very very possible, if not likely, that over the next couple of years there will be there will be ability to bet on Timberwolves, yeah. Vikings, mm-hmm. Twins, Wild, Lynx. So um, it's more than likely coming now, and uh, we just may have to make sure that it that it respects the, uh, the the NFL and um, you know our issues uh, keeps the con- integrity of the game as you know gam- sports betting is uh, it's a full time it's it's an illegal uh, um, proposition right now but there's they estimate 150 billion dollars yeah. are wagered every year so yeah. it's going on so and we've been able to manage this integrity question but now if it's sort of legal we have to make sure that it's above board regulated and that it's that it's smartly uh, um, governed and so, uh, if if the league and the Vikings are going to participate in this, um, that it has to be done right and above board and right. with that integrity in mind. It's it's, it's a pretty interesting, um, you know, situation for you because with your background and your role with the team, this is like right at the heart of something that you would deal with, right? I mean, we have the team and something environmentally outside of the boundaries of the team is happening and is affecting the team. And so now people got to right. figure out how to react to something like this. Yeah. You know? It's got a legislative component and yeah. that's where, you know, we spent long, many long days up there to get the stadium in position. And this will be another one of those. I, I don't think it's going to take 12 years like a U.S. bank stadium <laughs> did at yeah. the legislature, but it's, it's going to, it's going to play out in the next year or two. And, and, and it will. It's it's really important that this is going to happen. That we do it right, and uh, um, and and we'll see where it goes. But um, it's it is a significant development um, in the country, and you know, for the NFL as the dominant sports mm-hmm. league, and where there's a heavy a heavy duty um, you know participation in the in the betting on, on the games, both legal and Ill- illegal, as yeah. you know. All right, well, you've uh, thrown your support behind the Vikings Entertainment Network every step of the way. So now let, we're going to go with you, and we're going to take a look at the studio. So Appreciate you can, it. So you can see what you've been supporting, and how, we're thankful for your support. So let's go take a look at some of the fruits of that labor, all right? Absolutely. Thanks for the chance to catch up, and you bet. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Lester. All right, Chrissy, got anything else? I think that's about it. We covered it all. We had a few guests this week, a ton going on in the building, and uh, obviously a big event coming up with the Taste of the Vikings. Yeah, it was great to get Terrence Newman's thoughts on Xavier Rhodes. Um, It was great to hear from... I think I have one more thing before we go. Oh. Xavier Rhodes is the best cornerback in the league. 
Got it. Okay, now yeah, Thank now you. I'm done. I'm Thank done. you. All right. Uh, that that's the last time we're gonna play that clip on the Wobcast <laughs> until the next time we play it on the Wobcast. Oh, for sure. We, right. we might have to have him in here and play that. I, I agree. I think he'd get a kick uh, kick out of that. <laughs> All right. Um, we've done enough damage. If anyone is still listening. Thank you for listening through the whole Wobcast. That's amazing. You're amazing if you listened all the way up to this point. On behalf of co-host and producer Chris Corso, as well as our guests today, offensive coordinator John Filippo and Lester Bagley, this is Wobby saying thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week.